1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show a little bit earlier today, a couple hours prior. We've got other stuff going on today. I've heard it is uh, the weekend of a pretty important uh, football game. We've got MMA coming on right after this, actually, on the YouTube channel. So if you're watching live, make sure you tune into that. And uh, obviously, NBA, we're going to have a live before lock for the main slate for that and uh, tons of good stuff going on. I'm joined by Cliffy today. How's it going, Cliffy? How was last night? I know you we've talked about the... a little bit, but, but tell <laughs> the people about last night's sleep. Like... You,
2: you left out all the eSports that we have going e-sports on eSports too, well, yeah. yeah. No, it was just a frustrating night last night. Um, just uh, I was doing real well in the $4 after the first period of the late games, and then uh, I'm not somebody that likes to watch my sweats, so I p- threw on a movie, And then I checked the scores after the movie's done and I saw Anaheim and San Jose went ham and I knew something bad had happened. And my winnings went down by about 90%. Like I was in the top 10 with a full BGK one, nobody else had any PMR left. And then all the San Jose and Anaheim people caught me. And it's just, it's one of those frustrating nights that like, like going through my results so far this year, like I've been winning player and I haven't even banked anything yet. So like, like I, I'm pretty happy with where things are going, but it, it's just one of those things where like it. I, I've gone through I've gone through lengthy losing streaks before. I think I brought it up before 2017, 18. I went four months straight with four losing months. Like that that stuff happens, but it it, it can grate at you when you know that you're putting in good lineups, when you know that you're getting you know good projections, and you're just getting the wrong combinations of players or. You know, like last night, San Jose and Anaheim explode for eight goals for some reason. Um, it, it it can grate at you. It's one thing to lose when, when you put in a bunch of donkey lineups. I've done that before. It's another thing when you think you have the nuts and then you get smashed. It can be a little bit demoralizing. But like we like to say around here, there's always another slate. And we got a nice little four-gamer coming up here tonight.
0: Yeah, not too bad for a four gamer today. And uh, I saw someone talking about, it's been a rough start to the year uh, in the chat. Let's see. Uh, I can't read the whole thing because the Osmo hidden comment is there, but just basically saying uh, similar to you, it's been a rough year. I mean, we're only, let's see, we're only three and a half weeks in maybe not even three and a half weeks. Uh, we're like a quarter of the way through. So um <laughs> It's DFS Man, stop whining is the chat we get. I mean, what what is the point of these types of shows? What is the point of this community that we build if people aren't gonna whine? I don't yeah, think Clifford exactly. was whining. I mean, I think uh, we all go through like stretches like that. Uh I I didn't win anything for the first week. Um and like i play a ton of lineups i play a lot of different tournaments and then i just started running red hot for 10 days straight so it's uh, like i was running way too hot i'm gonna go through a big losing streak at some point here i was i thought i was on my way to a good night last night um with all the vegas like the vegas first period right away three goals they get another couple in the second period and then i had a bunch of teams with flurry so i kind of needed the shutout he obviously didn't get a shutout and so um you know my winnings went down, but ended up getting close to breaking even. I think. Um, oh man, here we go. Here's the super chat that uh, we get right here. Eric Hoffman, Hoffbrow, he won 20k last night. Majority of the single entry tournaments. He says playing multiple sports. It's hard for me to track news. Was able to switch from uh, to Grant from Getzlaf, uh seeing the slack news. Anaheim won Hulk Smash. Yeah, Anaheim won. Um, so you gotta remember there's someone on the other side. When you get crushed by Derek Grant, uh, someone else won with them. So special night for Eric there. Thanks for the super chat as always. Uh and yeah, uh, we alerted the Slack. Josh Anderson was on it uh, right when the Gets Laugh News came out. We said, well, we didn't say, we don't tell you what to do, but we there was some suggestions that you just pop in Derek Grant. He was barely owned, and he filled in very nicely for uh, Anaheim 1 people. So, congrats. If you were on the right side of that, if you were on the wrong side, Cliffy's right. There's another slate tonight. Four games. Um, you know, as long as we get four to six, I'm usually pretty happy. Wish, it was a, uh, wish there were a couple more games. I'm not sure if we were scheduled to have a couple or what. Uh, yeah, I just four, there's like four there, canceled games today. There were four? Okay, four. so we were going to have a, a nice mid-sized slate. But uh, four is not too bad. Contests seem pretty good. Um, and uh, there's other sports to play too. If you want to get in on some more stuff, we've got platinum memberships for uh, $29.95 per week. You get everything on the site. If you want to uh, add on FC, you are able to do that as well. If you just want to join for NHL, eleven We've got the Osmo NHL weekly pass. And you'll get projections, ownership projections, the top stack tool, the lineup builder, that I used to go through uh, the slate every single day. And then premium slack, which uh, helped Eric win 20K last night. I'm not going to say that's the only reason, but uh, sometimes people are out. It's a Friday. Uh, maybe people aren't out as much these days, but uh, you get those channel alerts and it might be the difference to a good night and turn it into a great night. It's fun when it works out there, th- those late swaps. You never People never talk about the times when, Uh, you get crushed on them. I think I I swapped one of my Vegas lineups that was close to the top. I thought it was going to be duped, and uh, I ended up swapping it. So that wasn't a wise decision. But, you know, the the one out of ten times when it works your way can be pretty good.
2: I I was just thinking about that. I was thinking in my head all the times I've late swapped to, like, Vancouver 3 or something like that, and they put up a grand total of, like, one shot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, nobody ever brags about those late swaps because those – those happen, like you said, way way more often than when it works out. But when it does work out, it can work out pretty big. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, all right, we got a couple, uh, one game going on right now. We've got the Coyotes and the Blues that starts at uh, three o'clock Eastern time. So we'll be getting uh, skate uh, pregame skate news for that one. If anybody sees anything in the chat, and anyone's playing the early slate, feel free to pop that in. We're not going to go over that game just because it's not on the main slate. This will go up on podcast as well. We've got an Osmo NHL uh, podcast channel if you guys want to listen. The show is probably going to be a little bit earlier, so you're going to have an extra hour or so uh, going forward to catch that on pod, on your drive, homes, or uh, wherever you listen to us. Let's start with the Penguins and the Islanders, 2.7 implied total for both teams. Looks like it's going to be Tristan Jari and Semyon Varlamov for the Isles, who I jinxed. I I forgot the other day, uh, or actually it was about like a week and a half ago. I jinxed him. I said, does this guy ever give up goals uh, after the end of the first period against the caps and the caps put up like six goals in the second and the third period. So my bad on Varlamov. but uh, what are we liking here? I don't like the formation of these Islanders lines. I don't know about you. I feel like we haven't talked about the penguins for like two weeks.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Islanders top line with Bailey jumping up there instead of Eberle, like it's not a terrible move because Bailey's like a pretty good playmaker. I shouldn't say pretty good. He's a decent playmaker, but Eberle's a good play driver. And that's something that, you know, Matt Barzal is a good play driver. Anders Lee's not bad, but it, you know, when you get three players like that together, that's when they can produce, you know, high, high number, high production, high levels of points. Mm-hmm. And that's, Kind of what we're looking for. Not saying Josh Bailey can't do that, but I tweeted out earlier on Twitter. Like, if you look over the last three years, like, Jordan Eberle's above two standard deviations ahead of the league average for offensive play driving. Like, he's in, like, the top 2 or 3% of the league for offensive play driving. And Josh Bailey's below average. Like, it's a pretty big downgrade on the right wing for the Islanders' top line. And not only that, but supposing that the Islanders' top line goes into the teeth of the Pittsburgh, um, you know, matchup going right up against Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, like that pretty much takes Islanders one out of play for me. Like when I say for me, like I do 20 lineups. So even on a four game slate, I won't get to every, you know, every line. So I, there are lines I'm gonna have to cross off. Islanders one is one line that I'm crossing off. I just, I think going down to Josh Bailey's too big of a downgrade in a matchup going up against the Pittsburgh top line. So that's something I'm pretty much avoiding, but it does make me more interested in the depth lines for the Islanders. Now I'll start with the second line, like Eberly Jordan, Brock Nelson. I think that's a big, like as much as it is a downgrade on the top line, it's an upgrade on the second line. Um, and, we've seen, and they should match up against the Pittsburgh second line. And we've seen Evgeny Malkin struggle pretty much every game this season. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, the eye test and the numbers are both matching. Like, that Malkin's line is below average defensively, below average offensively. Um, and it's kind of, it, you know, if you just watch the games, you can see that. If you look at the numbers, you can see that. Like, there's nothing, there's no big secret here. So, I do look kind of like Nelson and Eberle as, like, a two-man. I know they're not correlated on the power play and that kind of sucks, but um, like power play is not really why you stack the Islanders anyway. Um, So I do have some two mans of Nelson and Eberle. And I also have some two mans of Padro and Zarnik in lineups where I need to get cheap. Like if I'm doing some super heavy, you know, Edmonton power play stack or something like that, Austin Zarnik, he's not a guy that will be familiar to a lot of people, but he does one thing really, really well. And that's find teammates in the offensive zone. There's a stat called shot assists and shot assists are basically passes that lead to shots on goal. Mm-hmm. And those are manually tracked they're not tracked by the NHL. They're tracked by a guy named Corey Snatcher. And I, I uh, subscribed to his blog. You have to pay, I think it's $10 a month for his Patreon. Anyways, shot assists, are strongly correlated to future goals and shot assists are good like guys with shot assists it's good to play their line mates because they're the ones that are going to receive the shot assist right like they're the ones that are going to score so Sarnik is in the 90th percentile in the NHL over the last three years there's one thing he does really well it's find his teammates in the offensive zone so I do have some two-mans of Sarnik and Pajot here um you know you could throw on a defenseman like Ryan if you if you like but a uh, I'm usually I'm more just interested in the savings and the hopes that they can pop a couple five on five goals against the depth uh, from Pittsburgh here. Like we saw Pajot, he had a good season last year. He's a decent goal scorer. He's not like a 30 goal guy. He's not going to put 30 every year, but he, you know, he can threaten 15 or 20. Um, and like I said, Zarnik is a good passer. So I think, you know, if, if you're, you need to get super, super cheap and you want to get a little bit different because a lot of people are going to be stacking Edmonton or, or the Toronto power play or something tonight, I think a Pajos, Sarnik, two-man uh, is kind of the way to go. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, it, it's all the line one for me or bust. Um, I have a lot of Crosby here tonight. Um, I think I'm up at around 35% right now. Um, Crosby, Gensel, Rust. I, it kind of sucks that, like, Crystal Tang is, is out tonight, right? Like, I saw he was skating. Um, but I believe he's out tonight with John Marino on the top power play unit. Um, he's Marino, a what's that
0: they, they said game time decision or he's probable or something okay so <laughs> let, me, let me check it
2: Maybe yeah I, like i thought he was out uh so that kind of changes things but like one thing i want to say about pittsburgh is that we're not stacking them anymore for their power play it's it, and it kind of sucks to say that because we remember just how good pittsburgh's power yep. play was uh But from 2016 to 2019, which is when they had Phil Kessel, they were second in the league in goals per 60 on the power play. And since they traded Kessel, they're 21st. They're actually worse than Arizona. And I don't want to completely attribute that to one player, but you know, just remember like Kessel had massive power play assist seasons, like 20 and 30 power play assist seasons. Like he was a big, big part um, of that Pittsburgh power play. And I don't think they really recovered since. So, um, that's why, like, I'm not super concerned whether or not Latang plays tonight because I don't think you're necessarily playing Pittsburgh for additional power play correlation. And that's why, like, I'm fine leaving off Malkin off of Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh one stacks. So you don't need to drop down for additional power play exposure. I think this is all about the five on five. And Josh Bailey uh, going up to the top line for the Islanders makes that line weaker defensively. Like, or Everly's not great defensively, but Bailey's even worse. So. Um, I think it's a good matchup for the Pittsburgh top line, even though their power play is not that great. And I do like the two mans from Islanders two and Islanders three. So that's about where I'm going here. I'm not going, I'm probably not going to go anywhere on the goaltending Islanders is a little bit too expensive for me and Tristan Jari just sucks. So um, I'm probably not taking any goaltenders out of this game.
0: Surprisingly high ownership for Pittsburgh just in general, their top two lines. Um, so I like pit one. I got to a lot of them, even with the current ownership projections, I think I'll get to even more of them, uh, in the, uh, later ones. Once we bump up like Matthews, McDavid, I think those guys are going to come up in the ownership. Pit's probably going to fall down, um, because it's tough to play both of them in lineups. Um, so I, I really like pit one fully correlated on the power play, as you mentioned. Uh, even though their power play isn't great, maybe it gets a boost. If Latang can play, I'm looking at a tweet from one of the – I think he's a Penguins beat writer. Yeah, Penguins writer. Mike Sullivan indicated John Marino, Mike Matheson, and Chris Tang are all available for tonight's game. So that was two hours ago. That was Seth Rorabo. Rorabo, uh, anyway.
2: Yeah, he's one of
0: yeah. the – Okay, so it looks like he's at least available. Now, whether or not he plays, I don't – he wasn't out for COVID reasons, I don't think, but uh, we've seen guys like be available and then not play. So that's going to be a situation to monitor. One of the uh, only ones, I think, because um, we've only got two early games uh, right before lock. Um, I'm not super interested in pit two at that ownership. If you wanted to go pit power play stack, I guess uh, you could include Malkin for 5,800, but lackluster uh, at best so far this season. And then Josh Harris in chat says Wallstrom uh, is on with JGP according to Staples. So uh, Wallstrom on that third line. You're you like Wallstrom? I think. Yeah, right? I'm a Wallstrom guy. Like one
2: of the things I was kind of hesitating on the third line was Michael Dal playing with them. But if it's honestly, if that third line is um, Pajot with Sarnik and like Wallstrom, like that's a legitimately good line. Like I think. Okay. Like I would. not I, would, I wouldn't I would hesitate to three-man them in some Edmonton power play stacks. All
0: right. Yeah, I'll tuck that line away. I'll, I'll definitely uh, boost them up. Uh, on a four-gamer, absolutely looking to play some third lines. Uh, I mean, I've played third lines on much bigger slates than this. So uh, if you're giving them the stamp of approval, I'm with it. I don't think there's going to be much ownership. And I agree on Islanders one. If Everly was up there, I'd be much more interested they're getting double-digit ownership, which isn't a ton on a four-game slate, uh, but I think I would be much heavier if Everly was up there. Now Bailey saves a little bit of money, makes him more affordable. That's probably why they're popping up as a decent value and why they're getting this uh, 11 12% total ownership. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be making a major stance on them tonight, and if I do, it would probably be in that I would be underweight. Any other defensemen here? Matheson and Latang being back, does that – how, how does that help out Pitt? I mean,
2: they, they are returning. I mean, Matheson might actually hurt them. But the thing with Matheson is he's twenty five hundred, and the one thing he's known for is that he can actually go end to end. He's a skilled defenseman. He's just kind of like Cody Cece. He just makes too many dumb mistakes. Like that's just the like too many bad mistakes and too many turnovers. But he has a lot of skill. So like Matheson is definitely one of the twenty five hundred punt defensemen. I'd have no hesitation in using tonight. And also, I want to mention one last thing about pit one. Um, I was going over Crosby's numbers today because I was actually kind of surprised. He only had eight points. Um, We don't talk about IPP on here very much. It's individual points percentage. It's actually a pretty important concept. It's the percentage of goals a player registers a point on when a goal is scored for their team on the ice. So like if Crosby's on the ice for 100 goals and he has scores or assists on 70 of them, it's 70% IPP. Traditionally, you see your playmakers and your high offensive players up around 85, 90%, like your Taylor Halls, your Jack Eichels, like those guys. Um, Crosby, um, had up until this year, has never had a season below 70% and has nine seasons above 80%. So far this year, he's at 50% even, hmm. which means he has eight points in 10 games. Like he's not on pace for a great year. He'd be on pace for like 65 points in a regular season. And he's been like brutally unlucky okay. at five on five. So I think, you know, when is the regression going to hit? Who knows? But I think, you know, over Crosby's final 40 games or whatever, I think he's going to produce at a much better rate than he did over his first 10.
0: Okay, yeah. I was wondering where you're going with that, if it was uh, to show that he was unlucky. So that that's, sounds like a good sign. And, yeah, I mean, people are like, well, this is the game the regression happens. Well, you don't really know until you keep playing the line. And then you can look back and be like, oh, this is where the positive regression started. So have, you ever, the, have you ever seen the movie 10 cup? I've not golf
2: movie with Kevin Costner. No, I haven't seen it. There's a, there's a very famous scene when he's, he's playing a golf tournament and he keeps hitting, I think it's his seven iron and he keeps hitting the ball into the water, but he refuses to change his club until he actually lands the ball on the green and it's just ball after ball after ball after ball in the hazard. And then eventually I think he puts one like right near the pin or in the pin or something like that. So that's what, I'm, that's how I'm treating pit one. I will put one ball after another into the water hazard until they break out.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm uh, riding with pits tonight. It sounds like Tyler, our producer uh, enjoyed that. So he's right there with, you. it sounds like he's playing some pit one as well. Let's go to Vancouver. And Toronto, 2.9 implied total for the Canucks, 3.7 for the Leafs. Um, I believe it's Holtby going up against Freddie Anderson. Uh, Canucks are in some trouble. They just can't stop giving up goals. They got smoked by Toronto the other night. I think they scored seven. Um, I have a hard time believing it's going to go much different tonight. Uh, One thing, actually a couple changes. I don't have them in front of me, so I'm going to try to remember these off the top of my head. But, I know Pedersen skated uh, back with Miller and Besser uh, on what is probably the top line. Uh, uh, Horvat with uh, Pearson and uh, who's ret- uh, Louis Erickson sounds like he's returning to the lineup on that second line. Hoglander down on the third line with Sutter and Goddett slash Josh or uh, is it Justin Bailey potentially God. making his season debut? Uh, so maybe Goddett comes out. For Tannen, sounds like he's out. Uh, he's listed on the fourth line anyways, so doesn't really matter. Um, no real changes for the Leafs. Why would they? They're playing the same team. They just smoked the other night. Uh, I don't know. What, I mean, is it just lock and load Matthews and Marner here? I'm having a trouble – I'm
2: having a tough time not doing that. Um, So, I want to talk about the Vancouver side first here. Okay. Because – that line of Pearson Horvat, Louis Erickson actually isn't a bad line. Um, they scored 2.8 goals per 60 together last year. Their expected goal share was almost 54%. Uh, expected goals against just a little bit above average. So like a little worse than league average, but not terrible. Certainly not as bad as most of the rest of the Canucks lines. Um, it just like, I think Louis Erickson is probably still a, a good two-way winger and like that just kind of it. because yeah <laughs> I don't want to say you have to pick between the first and second Toronto lines but obviously if you're only making a handful of lineups like mm-hmm. you do like you can't spread your exposure that thin unless you're just Josh stacking uh, so like when I look at it I'm trying to figure out like which line do I want to go to um, that lotto line defensively hasn't looked very good this year I think that's kind of why they've been moving Bo um uh, and Elias Pedersen around is that they've just been like kind of bad, even with, after JT Miller returned, um, their expected goals against in 77 minutes this year. I just looked it up. It's 3.3. That is absolutely horrific. 6.26 actual goals against. I mean, that's on the goaltending 36.5% expected goal share. These are absolutely atrocious numbers. They obviously weren't that bad last year, like not even close. What's going on? I don't know. Um, Elias Petterson was late to camp. Remember he didn't, I don't think he had much practice time, et cetera, et cetera. Is he, is he still taking time to get back up to speed? I don't know. But like, I think it's worth taking advantage of those terrible numbers while they exist. Like, what if it's a mirage or not, I don't know, but terrible defensive numbers on the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> yeah, I believe that pretty easily. Like it, it's not a really big stretch. So like even though I hate going to the chalk, like I'm really having a tough time not going to Matthews because I think I think it's a better matchup of five on five. Um, at least it has been so far this year. And I think there like we just talked about the Islanders third line. Um we talked about like we're gonna talk about third lines later. Um, later in the show. I think there are enough spots where you can get different, where you can eat the chalk on a 25% or a 30% Matthews. And like with Crosby and his line on the slate and Vancouver's still not super expensive, but at 17K or whatever, I think it's expensive enough that you can't stack Toronto. Like there, there's, there's going to be split ownership here tonight because you have to go either Vancouver or Toronto or Edmonton. Like you can't yep. fit them all in. So I'm not... I'm not super concerned of Matthews's ownership getting like 40% out of control or something like that. Um, And like I said, I think there are enough places to get different. So I'm going in on the Toronto top line, but I am also going in on the Vancouver power play because Toronto's top line, since Joe Thornton got hurt, their defensive numbers are bad, like real bad. Uh, I'm talking nearly three expected goals against per 60 minutes bad. So like, As bad as that Vancouver top line has been, and that's why we're targeting against them, they do have a track record of success, and that Toronto top line has been bad defensively this year. So it's kind of like that hedge. I am going to use Toronto's top line just in case Vancouver's top line is just as bad for the season for whatever reason. And I'm also using Vancouver's top line in case they're not as bad as they're showing and start to figure things out. So I think this is a situation where I'm going after both top lines. Like I don't have any problem using Tavares or even if you want to go a little bit different with a Horvat and two man or something like that, like I have no problems with that. Um, I just think the way um, the matchups and the way that the numbers are broken down for each team so far this year. And plus just the absurd amount of minutes that Matthews and Marner typically play anyway, like they didn't play a lot last game, but you know, when Jason Spetz is putting up a hat trick for you, you don't really need to play all your studs all the time. So um I'd expect that if it's a little bit of a closer game, we see Matthews and Marner back, you know, 20, 21 minutes or whatever. So, yeah, I'm back on the Toronto top line. I'm on the Vancouver top line. That's where most of my ownership uh is going to go in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much sticking to the basics here as well. Toronto, one, you know, do what you want with Hyman. He's priced in a spot where – if you want to leave him on, that's fine. He's not the biggest plug in the world. Uh, he could potentially, you know, have a multi-point game if the Matthews line goes off, and you might feel pretty dumb uh, leaving him off. Like, there's going to be a few slates a year where he's he's in the nut lineup, and I think he was in some really good lineups, actually, two nights ago, and not everyone can be like Alex Baker and have Spezza, Patty, instead of Hyman on his Toronto stack, but uh, you're still okay if you end up with... Uh, top line, Zach Hyman. Um, and then, yeah, the new lines for Vancouver. Pedersen line is going to be the one that I want to play. Um, and that's really about it. Or power play stack, if you want to get some Bo Horvat exposure as well, um, you can just rely on uh, Vancouver doing the majority of their scoring on the power play. Not not too bad of an idea on a short slate. I don't think Vancouver power play is going to be very popular looking at these ownerships. Um for the for the even strength lines and
1: so it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper
0: with not even the highest total in this game. They're pretty big underdogs. Um, So if you want to go Vancouver onslaught, I don't think that's a terrible idea. It is a pretty low probability play, but that's going to be one that I definitely mix in in my MME builds. Um, If you want to go to Toronto too, I think that's fine. Uh, If Simmons is going to be the least owned guy on the second line, I'm okay leaving him in in some. But, yeah, you, you really want to get with uh, Nylander and Tavares. That's a really nice two-man. Uh, on that second power play unit, they're about a half to a third of the ownership of Matthews and Marner. So not a bad ownership play there. Still getting some exposure to the highest total on the slate. And then for defensemen, it's Hughes. I'm going with Vancouver. Um, Nate Schmidt is another guy I'll have some of at 39, uh, 3,900 on DK. And then I think you can play like Justin Cole, uh, at 3,200. He's fine. Uh, I'd probably rather have him than Brody at uh, $300 more. Anything else in this game? Yeah. I mean,
2: a few shows ago, I say how I stopped, uh, arguing with my optimizer and I just kind of leave guys in when they give them to me. My optimizer gave me an absolute boatload of Jake Muzzin today. And like, I'm talking 40% Jake Muzzin. <laughs> like I'm not quite I dialed that back I think I'm down to like 25 percent I don't know why it gave me Jake Muzzin but he has been playing pretty consistently you know over 23 minutes a game uh, he is a guy that does he both blocks and takes shots so I don't I don't think I, I think Muzzin's a fine play especially I think you could even use him as a one-off because he'll, he'll be a single digit percentage uh, defenseman from that team nobody will him because he's not on the power play like people just power play stacks so I don't mind using Mazin as a one-off defenseman here. And you bring up Wayne Simmons. I was looking at Simmons's numbers this year. They're actually not bad. Like, his expected goals per 60, is zero point, his individual expected goals, is like 0.72, which is like a five-year high for him. Like, obviously, it's his line mates, but I think, yeah, like, I agree with you that this isn't a case where I would just automatically X him out of every line combination. I would definitely have some Simmons in here tonight. Not a lot. You don't need a lot, but. I would definitely make sure I wanted
0: to. Quick early slate note: Uh Huso is it Huso? He's Billy. starting for uh, the uh, for the Blues this afternoon. So if you have any Binnington, uh, you're going to want to make that swap. And I'm pretty sure I did, but uh, I'm trying to global swap on DK, and it's not really working. So. Oh, well, that's because I'm trying to swap for the later slate that hasn't even started. So user error, as it almost always is, uh, similar to the question we get about optimizers. It's usually some rule or exposure setting you have in, and uh, I definitely fall victim to that sometimes. Before we move it on, let's see. We got close to 100 people watching right now. If we could get some likes, that would be helpful. If you're watching on delay, that would uh, you know help us have a successful show. Extra hour, uh, actually two hours of shelf life today. We'll have an extra hour, or so going forward, and we we'll put it on the podcast channel. Also, NHL DFS on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Castbox, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. Um, so write us a nice review, help us grow the uh, NHL channel, as we're trying to grow pretty much everything on the site, including NHL. Uh, free content for today, free premium content is. The NHL projections, so if you want to play NHL today, no better time than try us out, find the top values, find some high raw point guys that might uh, go a little bit on their own. NBA rankings, playing some NBA tonight, we'll have some shows coming up uh, later this evening, and then MMA, right after this, MMA rankings are free today. So I know there's 100K at first on DK, I think there's pretty big tournaments on FanDuel as well, so go check those out, use some rankings. Throw in some lines. MMA DFS is pretty fun. Have you ever played it, Cliffy?
2: Yeah, I actually – I do like it as well because you can focus on just one fight at a time, right? You're not – you know, this game and then that game. You have to switch and then this guy score. I I do like it.
0: And they did new scoring. I haven't played too much since the uh, new scoring on DraftKings. But, um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I played it, like, every week religiously uh, when there were no other sports going on. And I, I enjoyed it. Had a couple chances. I never binked, but I had a couple chances where I got to the last fight, and then the last fight didn't go my way. Otherwise, I I could have had the optimal. But uh, fun because it's just like you know, you're just rooting for your guy to win, basically. And with the new scoring, I think um, the guys that get early knockouts don't get hurt; uh, they get boosted more if they have like less significant strikes. So, looking forward to uh, playing that when NHL slows down a little bit. Let's go to the Sharks and the Ducks. Couple West Coast games. And uh, then we'll get out of here. 2.7 ply total for the Sharks, 2.8 for the Ducks. Uh, similar to the Nashville-Florida uh, games on Thursday and Friday, this one was expected to have a low total last night. That was not the case. Uh, there were nine total goals scored in a five-and-a-half over-under. Once again, five-and-a-half over-under. We saw the uh, Nashville-Florida game go way under yesterday. I think they had three total goals. Could be seeing something similar tonight. Sharks won carrying as much ownership as pretty much any line tonight uh, on draft games. And it's mostly to do with their price, but the ducks also stink. It's probably going to be Ryan Miller. Uh, where does your heart take you on this game, Cliffy? So I, well, I want to talk about last night's game because you know,
2: we got kind of have to look to that game to, you know, analyze this game. Um, Ryan gets laugh out. Obviously that was the big one. Um, I suspect Derek Grant will be back on the top. Top line. Um, we haven't seen anything. You probably won't see anything for Anaheim until warm up, anyway. Um, if you look at who led in ice time last night, you might be surprised that who led in ice time last night. I mean, Ricardo Kell led in forwards. That wasn't a big surprise. Number two was Carter Rowney, and number three was Max Comptois. Uh, what that tells me is that they're using that Rowney, Backus, fourth line or whatever as a shutdown line. Um, so, like, even though San Jose 1 is super chalk, like, it's kind of hard not to use a line when they're go- when they're going to be hard matched. It's hard not to use any top line in hockey when they're going to be hard matched against any fourth line in hockey. Like, I don't think it'll be a hard match, but I can see that roundy line getting a fair amount of their shifts um, against that San Jose top line. So, like, I don't like just chasing road chalk, especially San Jose road chalk, but, like, how do you how do you say on a four game slate, I'm gonna avoid the line that's gonna be matched against the fourth line? Like if if you do it, you're just it's a prayer, right? Like you're just praying nothing bad happens. Like I don't like I don't like building my lineups on prayers. Let's just put it that way. So um I'm gonna have a fair bit of sharks one here. But it also makes me kind of interested in the Anaheim depth, right? Like I don't think I'm gonna I would outright stack anyone from Anaheim. Um I think we're going to see line changes if they get down. Um, I think, you know, we see broken power play all the time. If I'm not mistaken, their power play last night was Shattenkirk, Lindholm, two defensemen, and then one forward from each of their three top three lines, Henrik, Silverberg, and Raquel. So, like, if that's the top power play unit, what are you going to stack? So, I'm thinking, like, for Anaheim, um, I'm just going to do one-offs, one-off Silverberg, one-off Dan Heinen. Um, use a cheap defenseman like Fowler or, or or something like that. So that's probably all I'm, all I'm going to get from Anaheim. I do have a fair bit of Ryan Miller. Um, I don't know why I have a fair bit of Ryan Miller <laughs> to tell you the truth, but again, I'm not arguing with my optimizer. Um, don't mind Miller here tonight, but I think I honestly think that this is about um, the San Jose top line. Couture LeBanc uh, Kane. Like I said, they're probably going to see a fair amount of the San Jose fourth line today. Um, that's, a very good matchup for them. They have good numbers together, expected goals uh, over one standard deviation above average. Um, if you want to do something like mix in hurdle, like if you're really worried about um, chalk, like mix in hurdle instead of LeBanc or put LeBanc with hurdle or something like that. Um, there are ways to get different. I mean, you can sneak in like just uh, like a Ryan Donato or something like that with hurdle if, if you want to just to, You know, make a five man like almost like an onslaught from San Jose if you want to keep getting different. Um, But I think for the Sharks, for me, it's it's all about that top line. That's where I'm. That's where all my ownership from this game is is focused, and that's probably where it's going to stay. Um, When we get to the defensemen, like Eric Carlson, has there ever been an emptier 26 minutes a night than Eric Carlson? Like it's it's just getting too frustrating to play him, right? Like. He's playing 26 minutes a night. And he's priced down to 4400. Um, you know, one and a half shots per game, one and a half blocks per game. That's not going to do it. Playing 26 minutes a night, like it just sucks. So, like, I understand if you want to play Carlson because you know you save thousands of dollars off of Brent Burns, and you might need those savings because there are a lot of expensive players tonight. But honestly, where you can, I would pay up for Burns. Um, that's kind of how I'm attacking this game. Um, I'm assuming um, it's both Miller and yeah Dubnik was confirmed, right? I believe so. It's Miller and Dubnik. Uh, Dubnik's yeah, yeah. not very good. So, <laughs> I mean, Martin Jones isn't either. That's why Josh calls him party Marty. Um, but, uh, I, like, I, don't, I just don't have a lot of interest in the Anaheim Lions. Like I said, they don't have any correlation um, on the power play. We could see them getting mixed up if they get down to an early 2-0 um, deficit. Like, this is a team in full rebuild mode. They don't care at all about giving the right players a certain amount of ice time. It's whoever's going to earn it on a given night. So one-offs from Anaheim, like Silverberg,
0: Comtois, for me, um, San Jose top line with Burns on the other side. Yeah, on the Anaheim side for me, I like Raquel the best. So I'm, I'm with you there. Like you can one-off him. You can go with some sort of two-man Comtois, Raquel. Uh, I, I don't mind that. I've only got about 15% of him, so I'm not going crazy right now. Uh, and then I think for a full line stack on Anaheim, it would probably be this top line. I'm kind of worried that Getzlap's going to come back and screw up the price point for it. Um, Derek Grant's not terrible centering Terry and uh, and Henrique, So I'll, I'll go to that some. And then I'm a little bit puzzled on what I want to do with the Sharks because this is one where I don't think their ownership's going to come down. I think they're going to be – maybe the highest own line um, tonight in a lot of the tournaments that I'm playing, especially like the higher dollar stuff. So I might just like fade them there, play my 15% in GPP and just move on, like cover myself a little bit, maybe end up on a good combo in MME, but like they're, they were good at five on five last night. It wasn't like they just ran hot. Um, it wasn't like they scored five goals either. Um, and, and they scored a bunch on the power play. Like, Kane's not even on that top power play. Um, and then you've got Eric Carlson who is going to be owned because he projects pretty well and scored 4, 400 and playing a million minutes, but he's not even attempting many shots. So it's not like he's like Burns goes through these stretches where Burns will attempt 10 shots in a game and two will end up on that. And people think he's, you know, he's terrible for a week straight, but um yeah, Carlson's really not even attempting shots. Two attempts last night at all strengths. Uh, it's a one-game sample, but I, I'm i leaning towards going under on San Jose 1. Um, but I do like what you said about mixing in Hurdle with uh, this top line going Couture, Kane, Hurdle. Uh, couture, LeBanc, Hurdle leaving off Kane it is always scary, but he's not in that top power play. So if they can get it done there, maybe you could be – running into a a really unique build. I'm just leaving off one guy and then burns 6,500. I I want as much burns as possible with San Jose without um, he's blocking shots. He's taking a handful of shots, not like the 15 attempts that we see some games, but he had another seven last night. He's getting, you know, five to eight most games. And uh, yeah, I I think 6,500 is a price that I'm willing to pay even with that ownership. Um, On the Ducks side, on the blue line, Lindholm, Shattenkirk, take your pick. Uh, If the ownership discrepancy is going to be as large as we have it right now, uh, yeah, I would take Lindholm at a quarter of the ownership. But I think it's going to be pretty close by the time you get to lock. um, For for, um, a 4K defenseman, Shattenkirk, 4,100 for Lindholm. Uh, Not too big of a difference between those guys. Not too big of a difference in their projections for us either. What about uh, your boy, 3,400 bucks? Hawk and Paw. Is that it? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Hawk and pa. Um
2: I don't think tonight's the night for Hock and because I don't think San Jose's like a massive shot volume team. Um like I don't mind him. I just you gotta know his upside's limited. <laughs> like if you're rostering him, you're hoping for maybe an assist and a shot block bonus. Like that's as about as good as it's gonna get. So yeah, I'm not on the Hawk
0: and Paw train tonight. All right, fair enough. Hawk and Paw night is cancelled. Uh I don't know if I mentioned this, but Kemper started for the Yotes, if anybody's sweating that early slate. Uh, I haven't looked at lines. I don't know if there's changes. I'm not changing my lineups. Uh, the early slates are pathetic on these sites. I know it's two games, but like, nothing else is really going on. I think there was an NBA early slate, but I don't think it locked at the same time. They got to give us some better early and, and late contests because I'd like to play these if we could get even like four or five to first. I would definitely play that every single night.
2: Yeah, I think the weird thing with the St. Louis is kind of like a makeup game almost. Um, yeah, because St. Louis, I think St. Louis is supposed to play Colorado and Arizona is supposed to play Minnesota or something mm-hmm. like that. But Colorado and Minnesota both have the plague, so now they're playing each other. So like okay. this game wasn't even supposed to happen.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of like thrown together at the last minute. Oh, it's scrimmage yeah. a couple times. Yeah,
2: they just told Arizona they're like, you're staying in St. Louis for a week.
0: <laughs> Fun times. Uh, all right, last game of the night. 3.2 implied total for the Oilers, 3.2 as well for the Flames. Basically, a pick 'em here. here. Uh, Koskinen and Jacob Markstrom are your goalies. Not seeing a whole lot of changes on either side. Um, in fact, I'm going through, and I think we saw Manjipani on the back in line last game, and Simone up with Monahan and Goudreau. Every Every day runs together, but uh, it's nice to have NHL back anyways, so... Not complaining, but uh, decent ownership on both sides. This is the highest total game, uh, actually second highest behind the Toronto, but more even than uh, Toronto Vancouver. At first, I was thinking that I was going to be well underweight against or uh, on Edmonton one Edmonton power play because I thought the Lindholm Kachuk line was going to be a real tough matchup, and maybe it will be, but that line has not been very good with Dubé up there so far this season. Um, yeah, you're, you're shaking your head. So talk about Edmonton here. Are they your your favorite play over Toronto yeah. even?
2: Yeah, Dylan Dubé is just not a good defensive winger. He's not. And he's bad enough offensively that it can kind of hamper that line. So, like, it's not really a tough matchup for McDavid. And actually, if you look at McDavid's defensive numbers, like that line since Poole Yarby's gotten there is it's night and day. Like, their defensive numbers are actually really good. Like, this is a bad matchup for Calgary's top line. I mean not that matching up with Connor McDavid's <laughs> a really good matchup. But since Poole Arvey got there over, you know, Cassian or Chase or whoever was there before, it's just night and day. It's a real bad matchup. So I'm out on the Calgary top line. Um mainly because of Dubay. Like if they if they had you know, we talked about Austin Zarnick earlier for the Islanders. He was actually I think he was on that line last year and they're really good and they got rid of him and put Dubé there. Um, it's just not a good line anymore. And then Calgary's second line is actually a bad defensive line as well. But then Edmonton's second line has also been bad defensively all year this year. So like, if I'm focusing on Calgary, like just to focus on Calgary for a minute, like if I was going to stack them, like I'm stacking the Godreau Monaghan Simone line um, because I think that Dreisaitl Yamamoto line is just bad defensively. They weren't good last year. They're not good again this year. Not Dominic Cahoon's not going to stabilize that. Um, once you get, honestly, once you get past that top top pair with, with Darnell Nurse on it, like, you're looking at Adam Larson, Evan Boucher, Chris Russell, like, you're looking at a bad defense core, so I kind of want to get in on Monaghan Gojo and have Monaghan Gojo go up against, you know, Dreisaitl and then the depth defenseman from Edmonton, that's what I want here, so... Uh, my highest exposure from Calgary is going to be Gojo Monaghan. I'm going to throw Simone on, on there with them at times. Um, I do have some Calgary power play stacks as well. Um, so I'm a big not, – not a big fan, but I do like Calgary here tonight. Um, especially, um, you know, ba- Battle of Alberta Saturday night. I hate the narratives, but I feel like we're going to get some power plays out of this one. Like um, these two teams generally, generally do not like each other. Um, so hopefully we do get some power plays here. Um, like I said over on the Edmonton side the, the second line is weak defensively um, so that's where we're attacking but uh like as a whole the calgary Flames aren't a bad defensive team like I know I said I just went over like Dubay makes the top line worse defensively and the second line's bad defensively. like the second line is not good defensively but the top line's still average like they're still fine the third line Manjapani, backland levo who actually do take some um, shutdown duties that is a good Um, defensive line their defenseman like at at the very least their top four is also really good Jacob Markstrom is a good goalie like this isn't really a great spot for the Oilers like the two toughest matchups the Oilers are going to face this year are Calgary and Montreal and like you can't play Edmonton every single night I mean I guess you can if you wanted to but, like, I'm going light on the Oilers here tonight, actually. Um, I think I have one power play stack where I put them in with the Islanders third-man duo I talked about earlier. Uh, and that's about it. I don't have a lot from Edmonton here tonight. Uh, I, it is scary. It is terrifying when you're more or less entirely fading Connor McDavid on a four-game slate. Because if he goes nuclear, you are done. You're probably losing every dollar that you put in. Um, that's just kind of the risk that I'm going to take here tonight. Cause I know we're only showing like 15% ownership on, on McDavid. I think, I think, yeah uh, yeah, I think it gets closer to 20, uh, if not higher. And I think dry side is going to be a little bit below that, but I think dry side is still going to be 15 to 20. So like, if I can lap 40% of the field, just because Edmonton only puts up a couple goals rather than seven, um, I'm going to take that chance. So I'm not fading the Oilers completely. Like I said, I do have one power play stack, um, but that's about it from them. Um, I'm mostly focusing on Calgary's second line here. I don't mind mixing in the third line. um, If you have some really expensive power play um, stacks or something from Toronto that you need to fit in, but that's kind of the only situation where you'd really need them. Um, Other than that, you don't uh, like, I'm not going out of my way to put them in. Let's just say that it's just, you know, if I have an expensive Matthews, Martin, or Riley stack somewhere and I need to get a cheap line in, that's one that I'd consider for sure.
0: I'm in agreement with pretty much everything you said on the calorie side. I think I'm going slightly different direction on Edmonton. Um, Monaghan, Gaudreau, and Simone, you know, do what you want with Simone. I think you're fine leaving him off, but he's a $2,500 winger that if your guys go off, there's a good chance that he goes off uh, or at least uh, helps you at that price tag. Uh, Backlund Mangiapane I like is a two man, so uh they're gonna play decent minutes. They get that secondary power play correlation, which isn't a huge deal, but when you're 4K at 3,400 and I, I like the line at five on five, um I'm with that for sure. And then Edmonton, yeah, I think they're gonna come up in ownership projections. I think Pitt's gonna come down a little bit, so those two might have similar ownership. And then probably Toronto is the highest ownership on the night. Um. But yeah, I, if, if someone said Edmonton power play is my favorite play, uh, I would not argue. I think Toronto is slightly higher for me. But the way I play is uh, the way I play is a spread out approach in large field stuff. I think I'm going to have at least one Edmonton one slash Edmonton power play stack in the high stake stuff. Um, I, I can't fade them if I've got you know two or three lineups, and then probably the other one's going to be Toronto. Who knows what I do with the with the third one? uh, If I play three in like the three thirty three or the one fifty three max, so definitely going to have exposure to Edmonton. Uh, I'm going to not like I'm not leaving off Puljari. I don't think uh, purposely at least. If I'm going with the power play one stack, maybe throw in Drysidel. And uh, you're not? Are you playing any Alex Chase on twenty five hundred? Yeah, he's in my power play stack. Yeah, I was while you were talking, I was trying to look up and see if they did anything different with the power play. But he basically got the entire PP1 uh run uh last game. And so it's probably not changing. I think one thing you could do in FC is if you don't want to play Chase on, which I don't blame anybody, uh he's not a big part of their power play. If you just wanted to get in another forward and kind of onslaught the Oilers, you could run Oilers power play stacks. Um with play or like Yamamoto as power play one and just change that manually in Fantasy cruncher and take out chase on. Um, so you're not going to have the full five guys on the power play, but you'll have that even strength. Maybe like dry subtle, Yamamoto McDavid and Nugent Hopkins with Tyson Berry. Um, that's one way to do it. That that's something I've done with Edmonton basically exclusively just because of how they construct their lines and how like the fifth guy, the power play is, uh, a revolving door. So that's one thing you could do uh, if you don't want to do that. I don't blame you. Um, for defensemen, I like Hannafin as a one-off guy at 2,700 on the flames. And uh, wh- what's the deal with this Evan Bouchard? He had nine attempts in his first game of the season. Yeah. Is this guy of Is he just like run and gun
2: like that? He's one of the best offensive defensemen prospects out there. Okay. Like, he is – like, he's ostensibly going to step in and be their PP1QB next year. So, like, he played 17 minutes last game, which is a lot more minutes than I thought he would play. Because um, they – I think they went 11-7 last game. Um mm-hmm. And they had Legacy and someone else play, like, eight minutes, and Bouchard played 17 or, or 18 or something like that. So, I don't mind Bouchard, like, if you want
0: to punt. Yeah, I, I like him. So – and by, by like him, i might have like five to 10% of a 1% guy. Um, so that was something that just stuck out to me a little bit. Just wanted to make sure I'd mentioned him. If you see me with the winning lineup with $2,800 Evan Bouchard. Can't say I didn't say so. Um, we had one question in chat from Kyle top value goalies for tonight, or is it just a pick them? So we've got projections for free, uh, on the site. If you're looking for a value goalie for cash, uh, I would just take one of the, the top values, a guy that's going to see decent volume, maybe like, I don't even know, like Ryan Miller, uh, 7,600. The price is okay. Uh, goalie's pretty ugly. Maybe, maybe Tristan Jari, but as you said, not a very talented player. Um, I mean, Koskinen, 7,400. He, he's probably going to see decent volume. Yeah.
2: Like For pretty, me, it's probably, it's probably Miller or Koskinen. And, that's kind of speaks to the cold tending that we have to choose from here tonight.
0: Yeah. You can also go into the uh, goalie stats. If you want to see the projected saves against, that's probably where you're going to see the, uh, the, the guys that have the highest upside. So oftentimes those are the guys that are priced lower um, where if they save 35 plus good chance that they're going to be in the winning lineup. If they get you a win uh, very good chance that they're going to be in a tournament winning lineup. So use the projections on site. They are free today. Uh, Any last words, Cliffy, before we head on out of here?
2: Yeah, I just want to mention, apparently Dominic Simone may be out tonight for Calgary. Okay. Um, I just had somebody share that with me in a DM. But the thing is, if he's out, I'm assuming it's either going to be Joaquin Nordstrom, who played the third period with Monaghan and Gojo last night, or Sam Bennett, who was a healthy scratch, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And they're both the same price as Simone, so you can just share. Cool. Yeah, so easy swap there. Uh, make sure you get in premium slack. If you guys have not already Join the site, get in slack. There's really no reason not to. You're only going to get, uh, information. If you want to mute the channel, you can always mute the channel, but I think you're going to want to get those channel alerts. If you're playing NHL DFS, we've got the MMA show coming on right after this. Jason Floyd, Pete Rogers going to take you up to lock in an hour and a half, uh, in an hour and a half is lock. Uh, the show is in five minutes. So good luck tonight, everybody. Hit us up in Slack if you got any questions or on Twitter. My DMs are open. Feel free to message me anytime you want. Good luck. We will see you on Monday.
2: Good luck, everyone.